You are now listening to 97.4 Tune in to you We are on air Pull up a seat because this episode is raw, real, and emotional. And I suggest getting a pen and a paper so you can write down everybody's name and know who they are to me. (laughs) I said last week that we were going to introduce the next segment called Things Animals Have Taught Me or something like that. But tragedy struck Friday night, October 27th. Um, My baby cousin. (laughs) And you will hear Ramona in this episode because she is very loud tonight. Ramona is... My black cat roommate. And there she is again. She is very talkative. So as you can see, this one is raw, real, (laughs) and emotional. (sighs) I forgot where I was. So, anyway. uh, My cousin passed away on October 27th. She got in a terrible car accident. And it was just very tragic. So, as soon as we found out... (laughs) We took off. And by we, I mean my family. We were every, we were displaced around the country. My parents had just gone to see my brother in Dallas, Texas with my grandma. I'm in Georgia, my cousin. We were everywhere, okay? Uh, I'm not going to be able to talk about this. I just want to share this one moment that was so funny during the trip um, up there for the funeral and stuff like that. Because... Life is so complicated and so random and terrible (laughs) and everything that, you know, it should be, honestly. And it's tragic when it gets cut short like it did with my cousin. But there are just these moments in the middle of all this grief that just makes you feel so fucking alive. And this is what I wanted to talk about today. So I hope I do this justice because I am a wreck. And my cat is here and I can't edit her out, y'all. Y'all are just going to have to sit with me. <laughs> I'm going to have to give you a little bit of backstory, but I'm going to spare you a lot of the personal things um, because I just want to respect my family and this moment. But there is this funny moment that I want to share. And to give you a little bit of the backstory, my cousin's name is Skylar and she passed away in a tragic car accident. Um, but they weren't able to identify her body, uh, cause it was just that horrific. And, and, um, and also she had, there's two other people in the car with her and they weren't able to identify them either. So that was a big part of it was that we didn't really know, um, right away, but there were certain things that we wanted to do to like pull her close to us. Like we wanted her closer and she was living with her boyfriend at the time and they hadn't been together too long, but they were still living together. So she had just started moving her stuff in and my aunt just needed to get her stuff. She just needed to get her stuff. My cousin was very artistic and she had all these sketchbooks and we just wanted her sketchbooks. Like that was where she poured her soul into it. And we also wanted to get her cats because she loved her cats. And so we needed to get her cats. We needed to get her sketchbooks. We needed to get her clothes. Like we just needed her close to us. And so we set out to go to her boyfriend's house, which just so happened to be his mother's house because they live with his mother and her name is Reba. Okay, Reba, she just lost her son as well, and we lost our cousin. My aunt, It's my aunt's daughter, and my aunt's other daughter is here, who is my cousin Madison. 
and her husband Drew is here. My dad is with us. I'm there. My mom is there. My grandma, who we call Mimi, is there. And my aunt's husband is driving us. And so we pull up to these people's house that we've never seen before because we just got to get scholar stuff from here. But if we need it, we got to get her car. We got to get, that's another piece of it. We got to get her car. We got to get her cats. We got to get her sketchbooks. We got to get her clothes. We got to get her stuff because we need her close to us. You know, we're looking for her. We're still looking for her because we don't know if this is really her or not. And so we pull up all eight of us and get out of our Lincoln Navigator. So it's like this big old hoopty. <laughs> we pull up to these people's house we've never met before. And Reba meets us outside. She got a broken foot, poor girl, and tragically lost her husband not too long ago. So she's really dealing with grief. And most of us decide to stay outside, but my aunt, her husband, my cousin Madison, and her husband Drew decide to go inside to start pulling it because Madison and my aunt will know what is Skylar's stuff to grab. While Deb is hovering because it's her house. And she keeps telling them, like, don't touch the bed. Whatever you do, don't touch the bed. I just want to leave the bed as it is in case the forensics team need more DNA. They can come get it from the bed. And we were like, what does that mean? (laughs) Get it from the bed? What? But I think that really it was just like she just wanted to preserve it. You know, she just wanted to keep her son the way she just wanted to keep it the way her son had it. And uh, they made the the bed, but the room was disgusting. It was so messy. And, and, uh, but, ugh, anyway. So we're outside and having, you know, just standing outside in these people's yard we never met before. And my aunt and my cousin and their people are, you know, their husbands are upstairs getting stuff and bringing it out. We decide to see if her car's unlocked. It is. So we start going through her stuff. We find her sketchbooks, some of them. And, you know, it's just so emotional. And we're just looking through them. And I am start taking pictures of all the ones that I like that are beautiful and then all of a sudden I just see Madison. She's standing right there next to me, and she's pissed off. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Madison. Madison is the older sister of Skylar, and she is a firecracker, okay? And Madison ain't shy, and she will tell you exactly what she thinks, and it's hilarious, okay? Madison is just hilarious. I love her. And me, Madison, and Skylar were just so close. We were just very close. We had a very special bond. We have a very special bond. And so, I, you know, part of the reason why, I mean, Skylar was just somebody who you just loved, you know. She was somebody that just had an impact on your heart. And um, this was just so tragic to us. And so she comes out, she's pissed because Reba has decided to hover and say they can't touch the bed. And Madison can't understand why she can't touch the bed. She wants, you know, it's not even that she wants to touch the bed. She just hates being told, no, why can't I touch the bed? She wants to fucking touch the bed now. And Reba becomes her personal villain. She hates this woman. And I'm like, just give her, an, you know, just give her some space. You know, the perspective here is that she also lost her son. You know, she's also grieving too. So, you know, if she doesn't want to touch her bed, we have to respect her bed. We have to respect her rule. And at that time, my aunt comes out with more stuff. And she says, okay, now it's time to get the cats. But we can't get the cats. So can you and Drew go upstairs and get the cats? And we're like, yeah, sure. Well, first of all, this is, this is when I knew that the room was terribly disgusting. Because you walk inside and it had this locker room red carpet that had not been vacuumed since 2003. Disgusting. There was like an inch of dust everywhere. Clothes everywhere. You know, all kinds of things everywhere. And you're just like, oh my God, it was so dirty but like organized dirty but the floor was filthy 
And she's got two cats, one named Mr. Enzo and one named uh, Mr. Man. And Enzo is great. And we get him from, he goes under this table. We get him from under the table. Drew get Drew gets him from under the table. He looks at me. He says, okay, I got Enzo. You get Mr. Man. Well, Mr. Man is a little bit more shy than Enzo was and decides to hide under the fucking bed. And we can't touch the bed. And we ain't getting on this floor. And he's hiding under the bed. And we are not trying to get on this fucking floor. It's so gross. And we can't touch the bed. So how the fuck are we going to get this cat out from under this bed? And so, you know, and we get down and we, you know, squat down. We're squatting because we didn't want to get on the floor. And we're like, you know, calling a cat to us. And eventually he comes. And we're petting him or whatever. And I'm like, okay, grab him. Because <laughs> he was petting Drew. He was letting Drew pet him, but he didn't come to me. And I told Drew, I said, okay, grab him. So he tries to grab him, but at the same time, it freaks out Mr. Man, who then does like a cat does, hisses and runs away. And we try to grab him, and we grab his leg. Well, that terrified the cat. And Drew is, you know, having to still, you know, he's letting this cat go. And now uh, the cat is under the bed again. Because we get scared, it hisses, and Drew lets go of the cat's leg. And, you know, because it's a cat, and they scratch. So this cat is under the bed. Drew goes to the other side of the bed, tries to get it out, and is successful. Okay, he scares it out. And I grab a blanket, because I'm like, I'll just catch it as it runs out. Well, as I go to catch it, it jumps over me completely and runs to the other side of the room. So then we try to go back that way to see if we can get, you know, get it from under the table that it just ran to. And it decides at that moment, run back to under the bed. Well, Drew at that point decides to get on the ground and he's going, ew, 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 He is grossed out. And he see, and I'm like, we just got to find something that we can poke it with. You know, we're just going to poke it out. And Drew's like, okay, well, here's um, a roll of Christmas paper. You know, I said, okay, oh, we'll use that. But when he does that, some things roll out to him that just absolutely gross him out. And he screams. And he's like, ew, ew, what is this? And I, you know, don't see it. And, at, and we're trying to poke this cat out at the same time. So he's freaking out because something is, like, grossing out. He's trying to poke this cat. I am no help at all. At all. My aunt decides to come up there at the same time and is like, what? She is like, why haven't y'all got this cat yet? And we're like, because this cat is under the fucking bed. We can't touch the bed. And this cat is under the bed. So she decides to start getting out all the shit from under the bed so she can get this cat. So, And she gets down on the floor. She's halfway under the bed. She's like, get the cat. It's coming out. But the cat decides to go up in the mattress between the headboard and the mattress. So now we can't even grab it because we, we don't get on the bed. The bed's on cinder blocks. So it's going to fall over for anything rough with it. And, you know, we're just... Drew and Cody are, Drew and my aunt are on the floor, and I'm just standing there with a blanket in my hand, <laughs> no help, and the cat comes out, decides to, like, freak out because there's three people, and tries to run up the curtains on the window, it's knocking over every fucking thing, spills this fruit juice over everything, decides to then sprint to the other side of the house, and we finally corner it in that moment because we spread out, and we cornered it, and it was, like, down the steps to the door out. And I'm standing there with the blanket so it can't run past the blanket like it's going to do something. And my aunt decides to jump and dive towards the cat and hog ties it as it tries to run away. She grabs it like a football and then hog ties it. And she stands up, she throws it, and she gets the blanket wrapped around it. And she hog ties that blanket. She stands up, she says, got it. <laughs> and so they open the door. Her and Drew go out. He's freaking out. He's like, ew, this is so gross. Ugh, ugh. He's holding his hands up in disgust. He's like, ew, ew. And I look at the lady Reba and I said, well, 
The cat was the one who just climbed up the curtains and knocked over that water on everything. You said we couldn't touch the bed, and so we really tried not to touch the bed. I just want to say, but there is a mess. And then, you know, we exchanged our sorry. So I was like, I just want you to know, we didn't clean that up. Uh, we might be assholes for that. Sorry. And we go outside. Drew was like, ooh, 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 can I get some hand sanitizer? Does anybody have any hand sanitizer? He is going off about the hand sanitizer, and he needs some hand sanitizer. We're getting in the car. We got these two cats. We're trying to figure out, you know, what's next. We got boxes and got the car in tow and everything. And my grandma's holding the cats. And um, I start going back through my phone, looking at the artwork that I had taken pictures of and sharing it with how great Skylar was at what she did and how expressive this was. And then we, I show one that she drew of herself that was just uncanny. I mean, it looked just like her without being her. You could just see it was her silhouette. And we were like, that is Skylar. And it made my cousin start crying, which made her husband start crying, which made my mom start crying, which made me start crying. My aunt is already crying. My grandma has done found a connection with these cats that are in on her lap. One's on her lap and one's under her feet. And she's done found a connection with the one in her lap, which is Mr. Man, the one that was hard to get. And he's calming down because she's petting him. And she is like, Skylar put her love into this cat. And I'm just finding a connection with Skylar and this cat. And so she's crying. You know, we're all crying and we get quiet. And we had just had this hullabaloo of a moment. We're all just sitting there in silence. And my dad goes, well, it got quiet. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Just <laughs> trying, trying to cut the tension. And, you know, I just so solemnly say, I just think the weight of the situation is hitting us. Because it was like in that moment, this, uh, what we had sought out to do, what we had wanted to find Skylar, uh, to bring her closer to us. Um, was complete. We did exactly that. We got the car, we got the cats, we got the clothes, we got the sketchbooks. Skylar was with us, you know, with what we wanted. And um, in fact, she wasn't with us. And there was, after this, you know, have, you know, after this funny moment with catching these cats happened, you know, the weight of the situation just hit us. And we realized like, we got her shit, but we don't got her. You know, we're all crying in our own way. So, my dad zips it up. He's like, oh, sorry. Um, and we ride for 30 minutes. You know, it felt like a year. It felt like a year in that car of silence. The silence was so loud, and you could just hear us sniffling and crying. And, you know, at that moment, we passed by the funeral home. And my aunt goes, and that's the funeral home. And just starts boohoo crying, wailing. She just starts wailing at how, you know, it's so sad. This is our daughter. And we're just sitting there, you know, everybody's crying at this point, even my dad. It's just so sad. And we pull up to the house finally, and we're all like ready to get out of this fucking car because, you know, it's just been the gloom doom, the gloom doom ride back to my aunt's house. And my dad is there, he, you know, he's backing into the, to the driveway because there's so many cars and we don't want my aunt's car blocked in, long story. And they were like, go watch out for this car, watch out for this car. And my dad's like, I'm really good at backing up. Like, I've got this. I'm I'm a pro at this. And so we, he finally, he like gets it into the park. He like starts to go put it in park because he gets it perfect. And I look at the cat who's starting to move around because we're trying to figure out how we're going to get this cat out. And I look a little bit closer and I see it moving funny. And I see something come out of it. 
<laughs> and now it is just a block, you know, it is just a black fur ball on a black carpet. I can barely really see it. And I'm like, what the hell? I look close. This cat done shit. This cat shit in the car underneath my grandma's feet and has the fluffiest fucking tail and decides in that moment, I'm screaming out, this cat just fucking shit. This cat shit. My cousin goes, how do you know she shit? I said, because I see it coming out of his ass. Oh my God, this cat is shitting. And it jumps up in that moment and it's tails fluffy and it writes through the most diarrhea looking turd. And it gets it on my grandma's purse, on the back seat of the car, and it's just waving it. And we're trying to uh, freak out because this cat has then got shit in this car and it stinks like hell. Ugh. And Drew leans forward and he goes, I think Mimi's going to need some hand sanitizer. <laughs> and we erupted in laughter. We erupted in laughter. And we were, so, I mean, we laughed so hard it hurt because that was so fucking funny after this just hullabaloo of a day. Oh, God. That was just hit at the right time, at the right space. Like, God, we laughed so hard. And I'm sure like 15 minutes later we were boohooing again, but that was just this moment in time that you felt like time didn't exist. There was just this endless love being poured out in this moment with no time at all. And to end that with just a hilarious throwback to how it all started with the fucking hand sanitizer. <sighs> Ain't that life, though? Just a car. Ain't that life, though? Just a cat shitting in your car after you rescue it. <clears throat> Ugh. Anyway. Thanks. I know it's probably not funny. But that is just, you know... When you think about grief, I'm not really good at grief. I'm not good at grief. Grief isn't something I'm good at. I'm not really good at being sad. I think I don't like being sad. Um, so being sad, like, wipes me out. I mean, it does for a lot of people, but I can only speak to my experience. And grief is even harder. And then grief with such a tragic event made it even harder. And I had never experienced such a loss as I have with this one. Um, this is my girl, Skylar. You know, this was my, oh God, you know, I was there on the day she was born. You know, in the hospital as a kid. We grew up side by side. I love her. And now she's just gone because of a stupid car accident. And in the most ordinary spot, too. I mean, that pissed me off. I thought it was just going to be some extravagant place that she passed away. I know that sounds fucked up to say. And then it was just ordinary. And I was like, no. Our world was rocked right here, though. Y'all were just driving by. This seems so ordinary to you, but our world was rocked right here. Because mm, we did go see where it happened, which was fucked up, but we had to. It was so fucked up, but we had to. We had to. Ugh, grief makes you do some crazy things, and I, I'm, like I said, I'm not really good at it. So for me, it's these moments of laughter that brings so much healing to a moment that is so hard to comprehend. We laughed so much together while we were together. I mean, I think we were there four or five days all in total. And it's it felt like six years. Like, time did not exist. It was a wormhole, okay? It was a time hole. Like, the, a time warp. Every time somebody new come in, I say, welcome to the time warp. Because it was like... No time, time didn't exist. The days drug on. 
oh, and we would just cry and cry, and then we would laugh our asses off, and then we would get mad, and then we would laugh, and it was just so visceral, and it was so fucking real. And I'm like, I can't leave. I can't leave. I was pulling out of West Virginia. I was so upset. That's where it was. It was in West Virginia, and we drove there because we just couldn't get a, you know, we couldn't get there fast enough, and we couldn't find a plane ticket, and all this shit, and it was just too expensive, and we were just like, fuck it, we're driving it, we're doing it nine hours later, leave as soon as we can just to get there, because this is so fucking monumental. The whole fucking village came. My parents had just drove 14 hours to Dallas, Texas for my brother, so they're in Dallas, Texas when they get the call and decided to immediately jump in the car and drive 18 and a half hours from Dallas, Texas to West Virginia where we were. I drive nine hours with me and my cousin. You know, other people come in, uh, start, you know, are driving hours. Um, other family members are flying in. Like, it, it, somebody's coming up for one, my, my brother came up for one, my other brother came up for one day and left, you know, at the end of that day. I just drove it, you know, and it was just a village of love that we just all showed up and we were all there. So fucking beautiful and terrible at the same time. When they wrote the fucking obituary, it was so fucking perfect, and I hated it. It was just, it captured what we said to put in there, to capture Skylar's beautiful, unique spirit. And it just sucks, man. Grief is terrible. Grief is hard, but at the same time, grief also just, like, reminds us of this love and reminds us of life and... It's this dark reminder that we have to love and we have to live. We have to live. And I hate that I have to feel that in this moment. I hate that I have to be reminded of that in this moment. That's my baby girl. That's my cousin. You know, that's my Skylar. I don't know how else to describe it. That's just somebody that means so much to me. And and now she's gone. She's gone. She's forever 22. So young. So young. And I just want to talk about her. I just want to talk about her. I just want to share everything that I can to keep it going. I never really understood grief, and I'm just not good at it. And I I just had to talk about it. I just had to share. If you'd like to keep in touch and stay updated on all things Beam, make sure you subscribe. And if you feel so inclined, let's connect over on Instagram at It's Blaine Beam. Remember, this is not just a podcast. It's a journey to discover our authentic selves and embrace the brilliance within.